Welcome to another podcast of the Apologist Bookshelf. Gary Zacharias here. Um, I want to take a book that I'm about halfway through and tell you about a particular chapter that I just read that was impressive to me. The book is called No Reason to Hide, the subtitle Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. The author is Irvin Lutzer, and you may have seen him. He's, he appears on a lot of shows and podcasts and uh, YouTube videos, all sorts of things. He's a pastor emeritus of the Moody Church. He was a senior pastor there for 36 years. He's written several books, one called We Will Not Be Silenced, and I'm tempted to read that when I finish this one. He's a speaker. Uh, he's all over the place. And on the back of the book, it says, are you going to be complicit, complacent, or courageous? And I think that's an excellent question that we all need to deal with today because society is pushing pretty hard against Christians. And this book uh, equips people to defend our biblical beliefs with a lot of confidence and compassion as well. Over and over, he states that we're not supposed to get on our high horse and act like we we're better off than these other people. So I like that. And he says um, that the book is there to help us identify what are some of the big issues going on today. Things like social justice and the the attacks on the definition of sex and gender and progressives within the church and how to, how to stand firm today with a suppressive world that we're in. So the first part of each chapter tells the background, where these ideas came from, gives some examples, a lot of good quotations from people who are um, in some of these uh, situations that, that want to come after Christianity. And he always picks a hero that he wants to focus on toward the end of the chapter and specific steps that we can do. Uh, the book has tremendous notes in the back, so you, you can find out exactly where he got his ideas. Very thorough. I want to take a chapter that I just finished. Chapter 4, it's on, uh, well, the, the title is, Will We Encourage Unity or Create Division? by promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. How many times have you heard about DEI lately? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. And frankly, every one of those terms should make us feel good. Uh, it's good to be diverse. Equity is wonderful. Inclusion is great. But it's not the way they're being used here, these three terms. So once more, his title is, Are We Going to Encourage Unity or... Or we can promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is going to create division. So he said, and again, I like the way that he is honest. He said he's, he knows that people of color have suffered disproportionately because of slavery and segregation and political indifference. And he talks about uh, pastor and author Tony Evans, who uh, is a person of color. And, and he's, uh, Evans says, it's true, the systemic Racism is not on the books, but it continues, he says, to show up in pockets and places across the land. So I like Lutzer because he says it's out there and it has hurt a lot of people. So he said black Americans have been marginalized. He says his second conviction is that the people who try to promote DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, he says sometimes called social justice, he said, he said he's sure many people are doing it out of a sincere desire to level the playing field, to try to make up some of the wrongs of the past. So that's good. I'm glad he said that rather than, oh, it's always wrong, it's always been wrong, let's not make a big deal about what blacks have gone through. No, he faces the problem. He says it's out there. But he said this chapter, what's he writing this chapter for? To show that the secular social justice theories are going to hurt the people that the policies claim to help. They 
they arise, these policies come up from theories that are demeaning to minorities, and they perpetuate stereotypes. They, they assume, the DEI people, assume that a group of people can't compete in achievements, and they have to be given special favors. But what's that doing? It's incentivizing low expectations. A really good point. So it says, uh, no matter how many concessions are made, though, that's never going to be enough. It's just going to go on and on. And so Lutzer says, you know, as a pastor, he says he, he wants to work toward unity, not division. He said oneness, not groups in opposition to each other. He says we want unity and not division is what we pray for. He says the Bible actually confronts racism by emphasizing similarities, but saying we do have cultural differences. Acts 17, God's made from one man every nation of mankind. So we may have different ethnicities, but there's only one human race. Skin color is one way to divide humanity, but Lutzer says that's an artificial division. Okay, so he starts in, and the heart of this chapter is the destructive influence of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I think that's really important. It says uh, what we're doing is we're pushing the idea of racial disparities over and over again and to emphasize just the evils of the U.S. rather than asking, okay, how do we work together to bring about beneficial changes? So he says this idea of social justice, he said the policies that grow out of that are divisive and they're unhelpful and they're going to lead to a dead end of perpetual hostilities. Nobody wants that. So then he's got the section that says, here are some reasons that DEI is destructive for better race relationships. So here's the first problem. DEI insists that if you defer to certain groups, that's more important than competency or merit. So the idea is people should be rewarded on the basis of their group identity rather than their qualifications. And uh, he, he again, he does a good job bringing out real examples of where this is happening. He mentions the active defense secretary, Chris Miller. He signed a memo actions to improve racial and ethnic diversity and inclusion in the U.S. military. And one is remove aptitude test barriers that adversely impact diversity. And Lutzer says, reread that. Remove aptitude test barriers that adversely impact diversity. So in other words, you don't really want the best outcome. You don't want merit. You don't want competency. you got to get them out of the way to make up for an ideology that's going to require predetermined quotas. Uh, he quotes from Rod Dreher, who says this, equity means treating people unequally, regardless of their skills and achievements, to achieve an ideologically correct result. Can I say that one one more time? Because that's really good. Equity, right? The D-E-I, the E in equity there, means you treat people unequally, regardless of their skills and achievements, so that you can get an ideologically correct result. Wow. How about the CIA website? They push, guess what, diversity, equity, inclusion. So it says the DEI says that they are overriding competency in their hiring procedures. He mentions Pete Buttigieg, who is the uh, chosen as U.S. Secretary of Transportation, said the headlines weren't about his competency, or what he'd accomplished, just the fact that he's the first openly gay member. So he's fulfilling a DEI criteria there, and he's getting the job, and everybody makes a big deal about the criteria rather than competency. Then there's Rachel Levine, or Levine, I'm not sure how she pronounces it. Uh, she was lauded as the first openly transgender federal official. Then the headlines don't talk about her qualifications. They celebrate her sexual identity. 
He says, if you apply it to race, DEI is code for discrimination. He says, it's really an insult to minorities. He says, we don't think you can compete in the everyday world on the basis of true qualifications for a job. Somebody once called that the bigotry of low expectations. So the key is tribalism, not professionalism. Another example he illustrates here in 2021, the governor of Oregon got rid of a requirement for students to demonstrate reading, writing, and math to get a high school diploma. Wow. Heather McDonald, he quotes her, a growing body of empirical evidence is undermining the claim that racial preferences in college benefit their recipients. Competition is going to bring about discipline and motivation to do better. But racial preferences are all about victimhood and encouraging mediocrity and getting a privilege not for accomplishing anything. Lutzer says, you know, rather than lowering the standards, shouldn't we be trying to improve our schools and the training they provide? He quotes Tony Evans again, uh, the black pastor. Lowering standards does not prepare the individual for success. It sets them up for failure. It contributes to the lowering of their own personal esteem. Because, you know, think about that. It's saying, we know you can't do it. So allow us to pull you up ourselves. Okay, I thought that was interesting. One person put it this way, Lutzer says, lowering the standards is a race to the bottom. He says, well, instead of lowering the standards, we should commit, be committed to helping underachievers to achieve. But that's not part of DEI. So they said DEI is a war against achievement. He next tackles on the 1619 Project and how that skews history to make the racial divide even worse. And uh, one person called the 1619 Project, by the way, it's trying to in that project is trying to say that America is built on slavery and capitalism and it's being taught in schools all around the country. Somebody said, though, that that book is a lethal narrative, that it perpetuates a crippling culture of victimhood in the African-American community. So uh, a man named Robert Woodson has come up with what he calls 1776 Unites, and he tries to unite African-Americans to advocate for principles of self-determination and entrepreneurship. Wow, that'd be great. So here's a quote from Woodson. Contrary to CRT, that's critical race theory, ideology, several factors far outpace race in determining educational success. So think about what Woodson is about to say here. People say, oh, you're being held back because of your race. And Woodson says, no, no, no. Several factors outpace race to determine if you're going to be a success or not in school. And here they are. Family stability, parental involvement, a school and home culture that supports effective study habits, and elementary school curricula that prioritizes broadening students' knowledge base. Now, that doesn't seem shocking to me. Why are people so surprised at that? It's not skin color. In other words, it's going to make or break somebody's educational success. It's having parents. It's having good study habits. It's having a school that really pushes kids to know a lot of things. Woodson went on to say, he was speaking uh, someplace, he said, People are inspired to achieve when they're given victories that are possible, not always showering them with injuries to be avoided. I thought that was good. Here's something else that uh, Lutzer says DEI does. It inflames divisions. And I would say, yes, I'm, I agree with that. He talks about the Weather Underground a long time ago, that they uh, work to organize white Americans to fight against our history and our institutions. And they strategize. How can we get white Americans to identify with anti-racism and anti-imperialism, not to improve America, 
but to destroy its institutions, its histories, to tear down all that exists, as Marxists put it. And he said the errors of their theories are the popular writers of today. He said they don't attack actual racism, they attack the concept of whiteness. And Lutzer says, what a shock would be to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said uh, King wanted people to be known by the content of their character, but said people today are judging people by the color of their skin. King said we should work toward unity and togetherness. And King saw the best way to end racism was to unite, not to divide. King put character above skin color, but in the woke world today, what do we ask? Oh, skin color is more important than character. Lutzer says, does that sound like progress? He read the popular book, White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. And it says, if you're black in her book, you can't be a racist because you're not in power. So what's her solution? You get rid of racism by exchanging one power group with another. Well, that's no improvement, is it? So people are stereotyped these days, and they're put into categories based on physical characteristics like skin color. They don't have any control over that. So what are you going to end up with? Racial distrust and anger. It's going to be worse. No end is in sight. D'Angelo, what's, what's whiteness? And this is her quote. Examples of this ideology in the United States include individualism. Okay, do you catch that? So whiteness, this is bad. And so what does whiteness look like in this country? Individualism. The superiority of capitalism as an economic system and democracy as a political system. Consumerism as a desirable lifestyle. And meritocracy, the idea that anybody can succeed if he or she works hard. So I want to go back and hit that one more time. Do you see what she's saying in this book, White Fragility? If you believe in individualism, I'm just going to go through this really slowly. I want you to think about these are, to me, these are really important features. And she wants us to get rid of it. She said, if you believe in individualism, capitalism, democracy, consumerism, and meritocracy, which means you're honoring somebody who's achieved, what are you? You're a white racist. You're a racist. You should just admit it. Oh, that is so sad. I hate to, I hate to see that. I'm just going to do part of her book. She's got so much here. And uh, he's got so much here, and it's such a rich book that I'll just do part of Lutzer's chapter, and we'll do another part later on. <clears throat> he says, why is the left making such a big deal against individualism? They're pushing collectivism so hard. He says, because, as Marx knew, individuals are difficult to control. It's easier to control a herd rather than a whole bunch of individuals. He goes back to D'Angelo's book. He said, the word equality is misapplied all the way through. She approvingly quotes Ibram Kendi, who's another biggie in the DEI. If we truly believe that all humans are equal, then disparity and condition can only be the result of, you ready for this? If all humans are equal, then if they show differences in condition, it's a result of systemic discrimination. Well, there you go. So he says, well, let's, let's follow her logic for a minute. Is the economic disparity between my financial condition and that of Bill Gates a result of Systemic economic discrimination? Is it true that equality of value as persons always results in equality of economic outcomes? No. Is it true that disparities are always a result of discrimination and don't involve some matter of individual responsibility and choices? No, of course not. Disparities don't always come about because of discrimination. Sometimes disparities are individual responsibility. 
he says, or responsibility within the group. Shouldn't we be helping people to understand their individual choices have a great deal to do with whether they're going to succeed or fail in life? Well, absolutely. Your own choices are going to have a great deal to do with whether you're going to succeed or fail. I don't see that. I don't know how people can not see that. He says, you can believe in individualism, capitalism, democracy, and meritocracy without being a racist. Yeah, I would say so. Well, there's a lot more to, to go over in this chapter, and uh, it's a rich book, a lot of good information, but let me stop at that point. So one more time, this is called No Reason to Hide, subtitle Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. Easy to read in a sense. It's easy to read it. It's organized well. It's written well, but it's hard to read because it makes your stomach nod up a little bit to see what's happening to our country. But since this is a Christian author and a Christian book, he has great hopes, and he talks about the things we can do as Christians. So I'll cover that next time in another podcast.